National Association for the Visual Arts is the peak body protecting and promoting the professional interests of the Australian visual arts. NAVA in Conversation is a series exploring the issues and challenges of working in the sector. We speak with artists, curators and administrators to gain insight into the experiences of contemporary practice and seek to propose ideas for change, progress and resilience in both local and global contexts. Hello, I'm Esther Natalitis, the director of NAVA, and I am chatting this morning, today, with Gamadaroi man, artist, political activist, Richard Bell, who's here from Brisbane for a few different projects. What, what brings you down today, Richard? Um, I'm taking part in a, a project in art space uh, called 52 Artists, 52 Projects, um, and it's basically uh, artists curating uh, online shows on Instagram and on uh, the Artspace website and I've developed a website for this project. So the, the, the number 5-2 artists, 5-2 actions I think it might be, um, but it's um, artists from across Asia and the website looks like this news ticker, like something is about to happen, like an artist is about to create an action that is going to have an impact. It's kind of like CNN, it's really cool. Yeah, well, I don't know much about it. I, I just had a look at the <laughs> Instagram briefly last night <laughs> while I was drunk. <laughs> and speaking of last night, we managed to get to three openings. We were at USW Galleries for Tell and In Your Dreams, which was opened by Wesley Enoch. We were here at Artspace um, um, for Helen Johnson's show, um, and then also at Carriage Works for the great big Katrina Schlosser show, which is just enormous. And um, speaking of, of Instagram, it's funny, isn't it? We, the, the more openings we go to, we tend to find that people and artists want to photograph themselves with a work in a space. What what yeah. do you think about um, the Instagramification, I guess, of, of, of people's work? It's fine. Like uh, that's the way of the world. You know, like, um, we now have um, these things in our hands. You know, that are, you know, are basically little computers. You know, that, mm. you know uh, hundreds of times more powerful than the computer that landed. Yeah. The man on the moon, you know, <laughs> the man on the moon. So that's, and these things are, are amazing. We look at them more than two and a half thousand times a day. We touch them more than... Two and a half thousand times? Yes, that's, oh my that's goodness. the research that I've, I've just read. So. Um, look, <clears throat> a lot of the... A lot of uh, the galleries are, you know, are taking um, notice of this. And yeah. Uh, engaging it, and I think it's, it's a sensible approach you know, to uh, to engage. You know, like, um, there will always be the need for spaces you know, like like art space, you know, like characters, like that kind of stuff. I don't see them disappearing. I don't see um, the commercial galleries uh, disappearing any more than what they have now. I think they're, they're probably stabilised now. I think the, the the top operators, you know, who, who own this space, uh, they seem to be doing all right. Um, 
I think um, we need to do a lot more um, ourselves. You know, we're basically in a war against neoliberals. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's at that stage, I think, where we need to go door to door. That's one thing that um, that social media does, doesn't it? Like yes, it you does. talk about having it in our hands. Yes, it does. Yeah, but um, you know, I'm, I'm talking literally. We yeah. need to we need to be knocking on doors. We need mm. to um, uh, develop you know little spiels you know, mm. um, to to go to you know, talk to the talk to the people. You know, like, um, uh, we need a you know, two-minute, thirty-second version, a one-minute, thirty-second version, and a thirty-second version. You know, of why art is so great. You know, like um, okay, here's, here's a little one. All right. Um, <coughs> the uh, the arts and creative industries employ seven point two percent of Australia's workforce. That's enormous. It's enormous. The mining during the boom was seven point one percent, and we paid more tax than the mining companies. <laughs> Okay, yeah. lots more tax. I think that's such an important point. That yes, is it is. Often forgotten. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. You know, like we contribute more to this this country than any of them than mining. Now, that is an indisputable fact. Yeah. You know, we need to go into to research the economics of, of this show you know, and the, the financial circumstances, and we need to come there and talk to them in their language. You know, um, but first. We need to go to the people and you know, convince them that um, that uh, we need art. You know, um, my my mates can say to me, "Look, um, you know, what's this thing with art?" I said, "Look, I I can live without sport. I can you know, live without um, lots of other things, but I can't live without art." And they say, "Bullshit." <laughs> and I say, "Okay, well." You know, what about what about um, music? What about singing? What about dancing? What about storytelling? Yeah. You know, what about you know, films? What about programs on television? You you can live without all that. Of course, I, I win. <laughs> we go and find something else to <laughs> discuss. It's funny, isn't it, the way that... Because we've all been in those conversations about, mm -hmm. you know, art, maybe it's the word art being perceived in a certain way that people it's feel like maybe that. it's for someone else. Why well, is that, do you think? Um, well, in this, you know, like, um, John Howard, you know, um, he um, criticised Aboriginal people for using symbolism, but he <laughs> used symbolism... You know, uh, more often than any other prime minister that we've ever had. You know, like, um, you know, before he became prime minister, n nobody gave a fuck about Gallipoli. You know, like, um, he went over there, you know, laid this thing down there, put these flags and that, talked about you know, how important you know, uh, Gallipoli was to, to our culture. Next minute, you know, there's 10,000 hipsters over there you know, the following year, you know, shit like that. You know, like, um, he, Anzac, uh, Anzac Day was was a day where, you know, we went down to the RSL or whatever and played two up, you know, like, uh, and that that's that was the most exciting part of the day. You know, like, uh, you, know, you had had some, some you know like um, um, really sad horn playing, you know, like, <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, that was you know, 
a prelude to you getting to your game. You know, like, uh, or just hanging out with your friends, having a party. You know, and, and Australia Day was the same. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a day where where people had, had a barbie, and then all of a sudden you know, you know there's all this flag waving shit. You know, like, you know. Yeah, no, completely. We 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 got up to a point. Um, we think about the last you know twenty or thirty years in Australia and what symbolism has meant and hasn't meant, and the way that uh, we were getting to the point of just. Um, cultural diversity being, you know, being normal and acceptable and uh, we're getting to the point, particularly in the, the decade after 1988 and the, um, you know, appalling way that the bicentennial was commemorated as, you know, yay to yeah. British colonialism, um, that whole process from the Redfern speech to Corroboree 2000 was supposed to be not a symbolic gesture, it was, it, it was meant to be a practical kind of uh, meaningful um, relationship building, a healing, a reconciliation, and you know that moment when, when you say John Howard. One of the first things I think of is that event in the Opera House where um, a treaty was presented to him, and he started just fobbing it off, disrespecting, and then person after person got up and turned Turn their back on him, and turned their back on him, and turned their back on him, and then as they did that, he got angrier. And he started thumping on the lectern and becoming, you know, more and more shrill. And what we see now in the, uh, the Uluru Statement and now today's Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull dismissing it without even attempting any of that kind of what John Howard would call symbolism. For me, this is now a moment where when I look at your work, and the power of not just your pieces, but also the text and how you present that, but also who you choose to collaborate with. This for me is something that, um, like you say, we have to reframe and rethink um, the way that we're having exactly those conversations publicly. And people talk about symbolism. You can't say we don't want things to be symbolic while at the same time you're substituting a whole other level, yeah. which is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the, the way that politics has, has played out over, over the, in Australia, you know, basically since um, the 80s, you know, mm. when, um, you know, when neoliberalism was introduced here by the Hawking government, you know, and, uh, with them selling the Commonwealth Bank and yeah. uh, things like that, um, going right through to um, the Howard era, you know, like, um, the, you know, uh, the the right wing, you know, um, created started creating divisions within the community, so, you know, so that they could get people to vote for them. Like, like the conservatives, you know, their job is to look after the rich. Mm. Right? But why, but poor people will vote will vote for them if they've got an enemy, <laughs> and these people create. Enemies, the right of created enemies of you know like of Aborigines, of of um, migrants, or you know of refugees, of, of women, you know, of artists, yeah. of uh, intellectuals. You know, like this, this is. You know, Has this it all just become too easy to make those enemies? Do you think? Because it just becomes oh, too so easy for them to play yeah, the media, play the people. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. But you know, like um, th this has all been made possible by the leadership. Like, you know, like um, leadership's 
tinkering with, with symbolism, you know, like uh, they can change a nation's thought overnight, and that's basically what happened. We went from being in a, an egalitarian society, you know, to to being this individualistic, you know, um, mean-spirited um, yeah. uh, people who I don't recognise from my uh, my childhood. So. Um, fortunately, you know, like what, what we need is a, is, a, is a strong leader to to just give the opposite message, and it will it will flip. Yeah, and wouldn't that be amazing? Like you say, like we've seen these examples where the nation's thought has been changed pretty much overnight, and that mean spiritedness that you describe that that's the really heartbreaking thing. So well, what we just got to the Nazis, you know, like, you know, yeah. Nazi Germany, and see what, what happened there. You know, so. And how short are people's memories yeah, about what happens when we don't even have to look back that far? To, no. We just got to look at John Howard and see what what, yeah. what, what, what he did. You know, so that, uh, what we need, Bill Shorten ain't to do. You know, to do it, you know, he, he haven't got it, you know, like, um, nor um, uh, uh, Anthony Albanese, nor Penny Wong, you know, like, um, nor is Tanya Plebiscite, you know, so I don't know, know where this person is going to come from, you know, there might be somebody on, on the on the back benches, you know, like, who's been there, something, someone similar to Jeremy Corbyn, who's just been solid all the way through their political careers, you know, like, that's who we should be looking for, we should be looking at how people have voted. And maybe we should also be looking at, I mean, who knows, maybe some of these political leaders and future political leaders, maybe they're also looking out at the community and at the creative people and hoping to get some kind of sense and signal from all of us that we expect something different and we want oh, some change. that's such a nice thought. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you think it's don't you think it's no, the role of artists though? To, <laughs> no, to, to I don't. I, I think if we want change, we're going to have to make it. Tell us okay. how. Okay, well, yes. um, we've got to participate in yes in the process. You know, mm -hmm. like we've got to go and and join the Labor Party and the Liberal Party. You know, like we, we go join both and and we and get there and we argue with people. You know, like and, and get change. We change the policies in there. You know, like. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the only way we can do it. You like, know, it's not going to happen unless we we do that. You know? Exactly, and of course, you know, a lot of artists and and just a lot of people don't want to join political parties because they they feel really cynical about you know what they what they do and what they and what they don't do. I guess you know, art has that power to make people think differently, to animate our minds, to stimulate something in us I that moves us. I think art is more, probably more an antidote to politics. <laughs> <laughs> but it's political. Oh, absolutely. You know, like, yeah. uh, and, 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 well, it's our job to, you know, to um, uh, convey you know, complex issues you know, like in, in a, a, a simple way. You know, like, um, uh, t tell us how, how does your work do that? How do you how do you strive to do that through through your work? Um, oh, I'm, I use colour. Mm. You know, like um, I, all my paintings, you know, they're attention seeking. <laughs> they're, they're fabulously <laughs> attention seeking. I love that. Yeah, unpretentiously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Um, attention seekers, you know, like and. You know, like, I'm just going back and looking at you know, human nature. You know, like, mm. um, we see something you know, like, you know, fluttering in the trees when we're walking through the jungle. We've got to look. If you don't mm. look, that could be 
game to do with the wicked dyer. I'm using that, you know, I think, to, to grab their attention and then they, they read these things, you know. Like, mm. And um, then there's other stuff, you know, like, um, underneath there that they, you know, um, they'll come. And if you write something, you know, people will read it. You know, eventually, you know, they will read everything. So, you know, like, uh, if you lock somebody in a room with, with <laughs> one of my paintings, they'll be having read every fucking thing on there. It's true. Like, we, we have to, you know, we, we look for patterns and we look for meaning. And when we see things in a space, we want to read it. Like, we want yeah. to interpret it and we want to make that, I guess, connection. Like you say, you're sort of distracted and you see something. But you also then go, all right, how, what does that mean? What does it mean for me? Yeah. Mm. Well, hopefully. You know, like, yeah. um, um, like um, one of the problems you know, that, that we have, you know, like, um, this life uh, is that you know, despite all the time-saving devices that you know, have been invented, you know, we're more and more pressed for time. You know, so uh, you know, everything's you know, rush, rush, rush. You know, somebody sends you an email, that's fuckers want an answer. You know, do, you know, the next five minutes or so. You know, like so, so, so much pressure. That yeah. you know, uh, to you know, have this immediate response. You know, it takes up so much of your time. But there's, people don't have enough time to think about the really important things in our lives. You know, they don't set aside contemplative space for themselves. Mm, that's so, so they important. can look at what is really important. They only need to do it like two hours a week or something. You know, they can't even find that. You know, so, you know, they can't find themselves, to, you know, they're so... Uh, Stressed by life, you know, like, mm. um, even people on the dole, you know, well, more, especially people on the dole, of course, every they, have, they have they have yeah. so bad, you know, because you know, they're, they're living below the poverty line, they're they're under pressure, you know, like, and any sort of um, um, financial shock to, to them, like you know, a, a parking fine or um, you know, a higher than expected electricity bill, um, you know, creates havoc in their in their lives, you know, so there. Constantly under pressure. You know, this is just about survival. Yeah. They haven't got time you know, to come to art galleries and shit like that. You know, even if they are free, you know, you know, they should. You know, and what what uh, the government is doing to to people on um, uh, Centrelink payments is criminal. I think what they're doing is, is, is an abuse of human rights. Yeah. Uh, in, in setting tasks that they can never fulfil. Now, uh, now, to me, I think I, I think that's 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 uh, mental torture. Yeah, these you know, like these politicians should be in jail for doing. You know, every politician who voted for this legislation should be in jail. Well, I completely agree. This is something that um, there has to be responsibility. Well, that's you know, right. These, these, somewhere you know, along the line, just they can't just keep making these yep. laws, 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 just to to oppress people, you know, and and, and not have any, any responsibilities for that. You know, that's yeah. just not how uh, how life works. You know? Exactly that sense of responsibility, like that there are, that, that there are consequences for yeah. your actions, seems yes. to be something that 
um, people with a certain kind of power want to visit onto others instead of thinking about it themselves. Yeah. And that's what's really shocking, I think, around the, the robo-debt stuff, the fact that, like we were saying earlier, if, if we think about what the arts contribute to society, the fact that it's more than mining, and yet, um, you know, we've got an issue in this country around the tax burden of, of big companies, and no one's pursuing them. No, no. one's pursuing companies. No, they, they cost us, you know, like... Um, how many times there was something on, on Facebook you know, saying you know, like you know, comparing you know, the the number of um, of um, dull bludger uh, weeks you know like and some of them were like 137 years you know like, oh how many weeks you'd have to yeah weeks of the dull be on the dull uh, to yeah, yeah, yeah to get the, with how yeah. much they owe in tax yeah oh, oh my well, god <laughs> like they're just they're no, they're, no this is the numbers. rebates that they get not the, not not the tax that they're dodging. Oh right, yeah, and yet, and yet, there's um, there's always um, outcry about you know small millions of dollars or hundreds of thousand dollars that go to the arts or don't go to the arts. Yeah, that's right. You know? yeah. So we had another uh, another cut. Yeah, so this, this is why we have to get involved in, in the political process. Mm. We have to be on 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 the what's that, on on the the thing like, of, of all the all the parties. You know? Get mm. in there, you know, I can just push you know, for an arts policy. You know, like, um, yeah. You know, in, in everyone, so you know, each one of them has an arts policy. You know, you just go there and annoy the fuck out of them you know, until until they give. That's how you. That's how you win shit. You, know? you don't go away. Exactly, and it's all it's all part of the same thing. You know, a government that has an arts and cultural policy would also be ethical towards people in need, would also be ethical towards companies that make a contribution or don't make a contribution to society. Oh, it's, that's so nice. Oh, I don't, I don't say it to be nice. I kind of say it to raise the bar. Like, if, oh, if there was a culture where there was If there's there a bar to be raised, policy, we have to raise it. Exactly. On, yes. these, on these things, you're like, yes. making sure that they have decent policy. Exactly. That's what we need to do. Exactly. <laughs> together through um, through the work that we make, but also through the way that we express our voices. Yeah, mm. yeah. Look, um, there is a democratic pro process here, mm. you know, but you know, and it's a very dangerous pro process too. You know, well, we're talking about political political mm. parties and this sort of thing. You know, look, um, uh, how many members does GetUp have? Um, Thirty thousand. It has, no. actually I can't remember, no. it has more members than all the political parties in Australia put together. Like by many, many times. Mm. Like They've got more than a million. Is uh, it? Yeah, oh, the Labour Party's got yeah. like 55,000 or whatever. Ah. You know, <laughs> the Liberal Party's got 45,000. You know, Jesus. You know, like, so, yeah. So, you know, like that, and, and um, Turnbull talks about them as being this, this unelected swell. Yeah, well, Which is Keating. hilarious because, yeah, exactly, yeah. quoting Keating, but when, when Turnbull mentioned that, or here it was, he mentioned that in the Parliament last year, uh, and saying that there he should be... He said it was an attack on Australia's democracy. Exactly. On, on Australian <laughs> democracy. Well, that's right, but also <laughs> saying that, that there should be a, a crackdown on charities and their DGR status, the status that gives them tax deductions. Well, why don't they yeah. do that to churches? Well, exactly. We think about uh, the the dangerous impact, but GetUp isn't a charity, and no. it doesn't accept any money from government. It no. has just done exactly what <laughs> you've been describing, public? saying yeah. let's harness our voice and be stronger together. Yeah, well, um, um, I, I think a lot of people are afraid of the the violence that would you know, that would likely come from you know, like, uh, involvement in 
and you know, joining the the parties and turning up at branch meetings and that sort of thing. Yeah, but do you uh, think people... that's a very underreported thing? Yeah. I, I'd be interested to. Do you think people are, are are afraid of the violence and the risk of joining in that way, or do you think? And this is just saying that is. Uh, been in the media in the last couple of days while we're having this conversation around uh, Peter Dutton has said that um, uh, people in Victoria are too They're scared afraid to, to go, to restaurants. go out at night because of gangs, whereas in fact the crime rate in Victoria has been dropping every year for the last several decades and youth crime is the lowest on record. Do you think, and going back to what you were saying about neoliberalism, do you think that it's those people in the privileged group who are scared of the violence of losing that privilege. Because that's sometimes... Talk, uh, I think you should talk to Scott Redford about that sort mm. of shit. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> I just wonder why do they keep going after um, people on the dole, people with disability, people who are underprivileged, people um, because, asylum. You know, look, because why of the Australian the dream. Because of the Australian dream. Like mm. Everybody, everybody you know, who buys into the Australian dream is going to look down on, on somebody who's not... Mm. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, it is. You know, like, uh, look, capitalism is awful. That's, that's the core of the, of the problem. How does how does art counter capitalism? Well, it's it's very difficult because art always follows money. <laughs> <laughs> and money sometimes follows art. Maybe it wants to co-opt what is sort of exciting and risky about art, but art oh, has to answer. Yes, but then they then they have to package it, you know, yeah. like, to, to fit the neoliberal model. You know, like, you know, um, and you know, uh, take the content. You know, Strip it of the content, you know, you can just leave it there. <laughs> leave the shiny bits. <laughs> but you don't want to be packaged. Maybe sometimes you do want to be packaged. Oh, I'll package myself, thank you. <laughs> you were saying earlier your work is attention seeking and it's, it, you know, you use colour, you use text. Was it always like that when you were first thinking about? Yeah. How you wanted to, you yeah. always went for that. That boldness. yeah, I went for that. I went for that approach. And, yeah, um, and I went the direct approach you know, because mm. simply because no one else was doing it. You know, I started <laughs> marketing. You know, like, you know, I, I am my own segment. <laughs> <laughs> A segment of one. Oh, I like I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> so then, over the over the years, we've talked about. You know, just politically, what's changed in Australia, the 80s, the 90s, the last couple of decades. But in, in all that time, what, what do you think has changed just for you in your practice? Um, geez, um, I think I'm, I'm, my projects have become bigger and more, more ambitious. You know, I'm, I, see, essentially, um, Artists are gamblers. You know, mm. We make a bet that um, if we spend our money in a particular way, we'll get our money back and make a profit. Right, so um, I've been I've been doing that, and just you know, like as as my profile's gotten bigger, um, well, my projects have gotten bigger. I'm putting and spending more more money you know, like, um, on these projects. As well, yeah, because so. you can and, and it's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, can't, I, I can't compete with the, with the rich white boys the, or, or the rich white girls or the rich black boys. And that sort of thing. 
but yeah, um, I I do spend all, quite a lot of money on my projects nowadays. Mm. Quite a bit of you know, Oscar's money too. <laughs> and thank Arts you Queensland. the Australian <laughs> Council and thank you Arts Queensland <laughs> yeah. as you should well, thank you very much <laughs> it's often um, often when I'm in conversations around um, arts funding and philanthropists when people say to me you know how do you feel about the you know, philanthropic culture in Australia and the first thing I always say is first of all we have to keep in mind that the biggest philanthropists in Australia are artists that it's artists who are predominantly funding their own work. Um, it's artists who are uh, taxpayers and actually putting the money into things like public funding, you know, in the Australia Council, as yeah. with, you know, all, all, all the other taxpayers. But it's it's out of the artist's pocket that art is predominantly made. Yeah, well, you know, look, uh, the United States has a, has a tradition of um, philanthropy, but that didn't come, you know, um, by accident. Yeah. That came because of legislation. You know, there's legislation that requires you know, everybody, every corporation in, in America to pay 10% of their profits to uh, philanthropy. That's And if you don't pay it, the IRS you know, gets on your case and they fuck you up. So nobody nobody gets fucked up by the IRS. Nobody wants something, so they all just give their 10%. No? But the, the bigger... The bigger companies and that sort of thing, um, they actually set up their own foundations and the sort of thing, and they put put it out there, and they get this, you know, that's why you know the the conservative artists are most popular because they they bind that shit. You know, like, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, like with, with these about, foundations. Yeah, and so, and the market like who that. buys what and and yeah, what's yeah. shifted when. Yeah. A certain kind of buyer is buying a certain kind of thing. Yeah, well, there was a, there was a certain show that toured the world. You know, like um, an American show that toured the world that was funded you know, entirely by the CIA. Which one was that? That's oh, a really famous one. You find out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Bit of homework for us all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's and a very and, famous and show. Probably, probably like more a, than one. It's about mm. a, you know, American art. You know, like, um, and it was, it was funded by the CIA. That kind of like global. Yeah, it was part of the global. Uh, no, it was yeah. the the, the um, Cold War. Ah, oh, God, of course. Yeah, propaganda. Of course. Like, you know, like America having this, you know, freedom with the, with the art, blah blah blah. You know, like they, they let their artists say this and say that. And bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> This is why I like the 52 Arts, 52 Actions thing, because the, the idea of it, and I was having a look at it um, last night again with that website, which is super lots of fun and looks very much like it, like CNN with a ticker and, you know, what's going to happen next. But it's sort of like, um, it's not 52 Arts, 52 Works, it's 52 Arts, 52 Actions. So yeah. the nature of yeah, so what an yeah, artwork we, is. I think we um, post um, 10 images for a week or something. Yeah, wow. And, uh, and then there's uh, other links you know, like the, that we can add to the photos. Um, mm, mm. Uh, um, like my, my project is about um, um, the dangers of um, uh, nuclear weapons and um, nuclear re reactors and power stations. There is not really nowhere near enough thought gone into what can go wrong yeah. you know, with these things. You know, like, 
and, and, and consequently there's no engineering in place you know, to deal with any contingency. It's, it's just frightening. I it think. is. Like, look at really, Fukushima. Really, they haven't exactly. got a solution to that fucker yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the older ones of these are 50 years old now. You know, like, it's starting, that technology is starting to crumble. Yeah. Yeah. After, after Chernobyl, um, you know, this wasn't widely reported, you know, in, in Australia or elsewhere in the world, but, you know, friends of mine in Wales, uh, like as far away as Wales, were not allowed to go to school for a week. They just shut the country, like a, a lot yeah. of things shut down. My grandfather's goats were sick and confused. He, he used to call it Dosinefo, the cloud came right. over the country. Wow. And um, it took many, many, many months for everything to settle. And yet, yeah. you know, as, as informs your work, we've got the situation where an Australian-led um, based organisation has just won yeah. a Nobel Prize. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm interviewing them. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm excited project, about this. So. Yeah. Yeah. What's it been like getting in touch with them for, oh, for this? It's been, it's been amazing. Like, mm. We got a lot of questions from them. Where the fuck are <laughs> Where the fuck did you come from? <laughs> what have you been doing? How the fuck did you do this? <laughs> How did you get this 27 countries to agree to this treaty? Amazing. You know, like, amazing. Like, and then there's, um, there's, a, there's a link uh, to um, uh, a page on, on the net that, that tells you the responses of every nation in the United Nations in response to this treaty. Oh, that's extraordinary. Oh, it's, and, and, and it's really interesting reading the, the stuff that each nation says. Yeah. Wow. It's fucking amazing. Oh, that's um, fantastic that it's up and able to be shared. And obviously that's a, an important and constructive thing for everyone collaborating. But you would think also something that would shame countries into some kind of action and change. I mean, isn't it appalling that our yeah, prime well, minister so, well, can well, just Yeah, well, this is one off. of the reasons why I'm doing this. So, so that, you know, like it's you know, it puts this out there. You know, like um, the the dangers of of, of these things. You know, like, uh, uh, yeah, gee, just have a look at the Twitter war that you know between you know. Ah, um, oh, Trump and Kim Jong Un. Uh, yes. Oh. You know, like who's got the bigger button? Fuck me! You know, how dangerous is, is, is the world right at the moment? Long before, long before climate change you know, has a chance to get to us, yeah. you know, they could end it. You know, like, uh, any time. Yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to get rid of all these you know, uh, nuclear weapons. We need to yeah, get rid do. of all these yeah, nuclear we do. Uh, uh, reactors. You know, like, um, yeah, send ship. Just stop this shit. Yeah. Like, uh, it's too dangerous. You know, we can't deal with it. Yeah. You know, the China syndrome, you know, the, you know, there's no um, solid evidence against it. Like, uh, that they just said that it's not, you know, we're, we're if, a, if a reactor um, uh, uh, breaks down yeah. like, and, and overheats and that, you know, like, uh, and it explodes and it'll just sink through. It'll just bore through the through the the earth. It could end up go from one side of the world to the other. <laughs> and then what? It's we terrifying. don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's the we already know stuff that's terrifying about it. But then there's all the terrifying things that we don't know. And yeah, yet, but so like, they keep us distracted. You know, like with, yeah. with, with you know, God forbid, identity politics. You know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, whatever. What, what's the, the, the Harvey Weinstein thing? Like, uh, mm. 
you know, that, that came along just before they, they, they um, made a decision on net neutrality. You know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is, re- which is really strikes. important. You know, like if they can't yeah. get that reversed, you know, like everybody better remember where the fuck they were you know, when, when net neutrality went out the window. Mm. You know, because that's how big it is. You know. Yeah, I mean, you talk about fake news, some kind of distraction, but that the changes to yes. neutrality mean that what we think that yeah. we are reading Peter Dutton talking, is talking all about filtered. gangs. In, in, yeah. you know, that's that's just a distraction. You know, like, you yeah. know, oh, that's from, a from the real massive game. distraction. Massive distraction. Yeah, you know, they're, they're they're robbing us blind. You know, like uh, you know, and and they're, they're putting all this other these other stories about Aborigines. You know, like and. And fucking Sudanese and fucking shit, and you're like, um, you know, in in the papers, you're like, um, when they're robbing us, you're like, uh, there's there's again this year there's 600 companies of the biggest companies in the country didn't pay a cent in tax. Yeah, and yet we're supposed to wear that, you know. Yeah. There's something that um, something that Wesley Knox said last night in opening uh, uh, Tell and In Your Dreams over at USW Galleries. He he, he was saying. Um, we're in a situation where if we don't make our own work and tell our own stories, then what we're doing is accepting the stories ready-made. We're just accepting what we're being told, and that's dangerous. Yeah. Well, I started out, and look, um, I, I seemed to... When somebody convinced me to, to make art, that it was a good idea to do that, uh, I um, decided that uh, I would try to record you know, some of the historical um, events in my in my time, you know, uh-huh. like, uh, and hopefully that some of those stories would find their way overseas, so they couldn't just be buried here. Mm. So, um, and along with that was to, to challenge the stereotypes, the yes. negative stereotypes about you know Aboriginal people so I think that's one way in which your work has been attention seeking um, and has um, you know that the, the way that people are attracted to seeing and reading your work it does make you stop and think yeah well, I hope so mm-hmm. I think it's enormously important yeah well, <laughs> I gotta go so we've got 52 artists, 52 actions, um, and the website is pretty much just like that, but 52, not 52. So 52 art, 52 actions, I think it's .com.au. Um, and Richard's also involved in a few other things at the moment. What else is going on for you right now? He's got to get upstairs to his studio again. It's the most uh, important <laughs> thing. I've, I've got a... Um, I'm uh, co-producing a, a play. It was written by Gary Foley and oh. fellow cast members in 1972. A, a play that played to sell out audiences at the Nimrod Theatre, which is now Stables. Um, and the, the oh, Nimrod Theatre the turned movie. turned into um, Belvoir Street. Mm. And um, uh, the, the last director of the Nimrod was Neil Armfield. Um, and he was at Belvoir for... 30,000 years or something <laughs> What's the play called? Basically Black. And uh, when will it be? Uh, uh, it will be open at Carriage Works 
and it's part of Sydney Festival 2019. Ah, oh, brilliant. And of course, Sydney Festival 2018 is on right now, uh, which gives us lots of shows to go and see, but that makes us especially grateful having had the chance to chat with you for so long this morning. Thanks so much, Richard. Okay, no worries. Head to our website visualarts.net.au for more information on NAVA's advocacy and campaigns for improving the working environment for Australian artists and arts organisations.